Today I'm having a conversation with Aaron Graham. Aaron and I met virtually, and I think once in person, when we were both with Capital One doing money coaching. So Aaron's a coach, and he caught my attention the other day, or weeks ago, I don't remember when, but he did a video. He does these amazing videos on different concepts, and the one that he was doing was about meaning and how we create meaning, apply meaning, and this super, super caught my attention because I have been relieving myself of so much suffering by not applying meaning to things. And I watched this video a few times. I've shared it with some clients and some friends. And so I thought, what better way to go deeper on this than have Aaron here today? So welcome aboard. Hey, John. Thanks so much, man. It's it's wonderful to hear your voice. And I'm uh, honored and so pleased that uh, that little video that I made um, has been helpful for you and, and had an impact. Um, and it is wonderful to connect with you again. It's been a little while. Yes, it has. So what, well, first of all, do you want to say any more about what you do? And then how does that tie to this topic? And where did it come from? That's like three questions, which is horrible <laughs> coaching, but I'm not coaching you. So I can say it's okay. Yeah, thankfully, we're not, we're not coaching at this moment. It's all good. Um, Sure. I'm, so I'm a, a, a certified professional coach um, like John. Um, I've, I've been doing it uh, six or seven years now. Um, before that, in my former life, I was an actor and did a lot of creative work um, in as a performing artist. Um, and I still do some creative work uh, as a coach as well, um, or on the side as I'm coaching. Um, but I went through a career transition and was looking for something that would be a little bit more powerful uh, for me to be able to be of service to the world, um, and align better with my values. And so I transitioned away from, um, being a performer and a theater artist, uh, and instead, um, stepped into a uh, coaching, um, and found coaching. And I am never looking back. It is, it is such a powerful modality. It's such a powerful, um, set of tools. It's such a powerful way of being, uh, that I just, I love it. And it is so meaningful to get to help so many people, uh, with those tools. So this whole subject of meaning and the subjectivity of meaning, I, I've always been fascinated by it, the sort of relativity of reality, um, how we, based on our experiences, based on the rules we've learned growing up um, as we kind of came to consciousness as, as children and then young adults and then as adults, um, I've just always been fascinated by that experience. Um, the, the psychology of it, the, the meaning behind it. Um, yeah, it's just always interested me. And coaching is one of those powerful ways of enabling people to take a look at the meaning that they give to things in their life, the story that they're living in, the stories or the narratives that they make up about experiences that they have. And coaching is so powerful because it enables you to take a step back from what you assume is like written in stone in your life, all these rules, all the like colors, uh, like the, the, in psychology, there's a lot of talk of like the color of the lens that you look through. Talk therapy, psychotherapy works on unclouding your lenses or recoloring the sort of lenses of the glasses you may be seeing your world through. And I love that work. And I also love how coaching kind of empowers you in a very practical way to start raising your consciousness of those filters that you're seeing your life through, that you're experiencing your life through, and then saying, hey, wait a minute, I can change those. Those are changeable, malleable. They're based on the experiences I've had, the rules I've learned. 
and I get to take a look at which of those rules, those lessons, those stories are still serving me and which ones do I want to start changing. And then the power of coaching is that you discover you can change them. Um, so I could talk about this on and on, so I'll, I'll just pause there, but, but that's just, I, I love it. It, it, it. it lights me up and I love helping, supporting people in discovering what are some of these hard and fast rules you feel like you are living in or living by and then um, discovering that you can change them. And it's such a rewarding and powerful process that people go through over and over again in their lives when they raise their consciousness of things. Yeah. And the part that's so intriguing to me about this too is the, so often when I talk to people, they talk to me about like reality, (laughs) how it really is Mm -hmm. as if it's this fixed thing. Mm -hmm. And yet, and, and so they're so tied to it being fixed that there can be no other possibilities. Mm. And yet, when things are so fixed, I don't know if you found this, sometimes, or a lot of times, we create a lot of our own suffering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh, actually, I have a recent example where I was uh, going through this process to be a coach with a particular organization. And... I went into it with certain intentions and was sure that I had dominated this thing. Mm. And the next day I got the email that said, thanks, but no thanks. Mm -hmm. We're, you know, you're not continuing in the process. Mm. And I talked to one person like, oh my gosh, they rejected you. And I also went to some places myself of like, oh, this is just, wow, what does it say about my coaching? What does it say about this? What does it say about that? And then mm-hmm. I went and literally watched your video and was like, I wait, I need a reminder. I need a refresher. And I thought, you know, the only thing, if we want to go to this idea of what's true, the only thing that's true is that I'm not going to the next stage with this company. That's it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, well, you know, surely there's something I could have done better. Maybe I have really poor self-awareness. Maybe I need to know something from this. And then I had the presence of mind. I got wrapped around the axle for about an hour. And mm-hmm. then I just re- set, decided, wait a minute. Or I realized, wait a minute. The only thing I know here is that I'm not going to the next round. And they made it very clear that they would not be telling people why they're not. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to get this self-awareness somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's not coming from this situation, no matter how hard I think about it. This is a colossal waste of time. So thanks for saving me about a week of <laughs> of just again arguing with like what's there and then like thinking I know what reality is, but the reality of this situation was very simple. Well, first I want to just support you in the response that your system had when you got that news. Um, it is perfectly natural to experience that news that you're not moving forward in you know, whatever process it may be to, to collaborate with a company or get hired by an organization or whatever it may be. It's, it's completely human and normal and natural for your system to interpret that data as a rejection. Um, and then your system does what it does when it experiences a rejection, right? There may be a physiological response. There may be, you know, an emotional response, uh, a, a psychological response, like you then go into sort of intellectual questioning around it, right? We want answers. We want information. We want justification, um, which is also part of a, a, a natural response to rejection. 
um, or, or experiencing rejection. Um, and in the absence of data, like you don't know why, you don't know the backstory about why you weren't selected to move forward with that process. That is a beautiful opportunity for your inner critic to fill in the gaps. Our inner critic loves to fill in the gaps. It loves to kind of pencil in data where we don't have actual tangible, measurable data coming back to us in our life, such as why did this thing happen the way it happened? And so I call it, it's like your inner critic's playground, uh, this gray area, this, this subjectivity of meaning. Um, and that's what starts shaping our reality, right? If you interpret not getting a job or not getting an opportunity that you applied for as, oh, that validates this limiting belief that I have, that I'm not a good candidate or I'm not a good worker or I'm not talented or qualified or I don't deserve an opportunity like that, none of which may objectively be true, but you believe it to be true or you've had inklings that in the back of your head, your inner critic wants you to believe that it's true. Well, now if you start moving ahead in your life in response to that version of reality, that is going to start reinforcing that bias. It's going to confirm that bias even more, right? You're going to stop applying for opportunities like that that might subject you to further rejection. Um, you're going to turn away from certain paths that you might that might light you up and might serve the world, but because you are living in a reality where your inner critic has led you to believe you're not qualified for those kinds of opportunities. Well, now that now you're depriving the world of your genius and your talent and your ability because you're steering yourself away from those opportunities based on the reality that your inner critic wants you to believe to be true about yourself. But what would you say to the person that was like, yeah, but John, I mean, clearly if you had done something differently, they would have wanted you. Clearly you did something wrong. I mean, you can't just decide that there, there must, this must mean something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it well, has to. <laughs> well, when we are in, I don't even know what to call it, like kind of a survival mode or, uh, and this is not a judgment, but just calling it like an egocentric mode where like you are the center of your universe. Um, and we are, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a whole, you know, broader discussion about, <laughs> about consciousness and everything, but it's very natural for you to be the, like to, to look for reasons why you would be the cause of everything that's happening to you. Right, so you could do everything, quote unquote, right. It, as it, whatever you have the power to do, right, to prepare for your interview, show up the way you want, be on time, you know, be articulate, be professional and prepared, and all that stuff. And you could still not get the job. It literally may have nothing to do with you. Um, I've spent I, in my former life, uh, I spent like ten years working as an actor, and I got rejected so many times, and so did so many of my friends. Like it's part of the business. But if you take every one of those rejections as um, like a, a reflection of your innate talent, your abilities, your skill, your higher ability, you're going to be destroyed emotionally after like a week because you're going to take every rejection personally. It's going to be a reflection on your validity as a human, as a performer. And so I've, I've not, and I coach creatives as well. So I've worked with some clients who we've worked to reframe the auditions that they go on or the opportunities that they go after because nine times out of 10, it actually doesn't have anything to do with you. And, and it's out of your control, right? So, so part of this discussion is really looking at what do we have control over and what do we want to let go of? And what we have control over is a tiny fraction of what we actually think we have control over, right? We love thinking we can control everything and change other people and the way outcomes happen and all that stuff. But we end up being really frustrated and disappointed 
because we ought, we actually don't have control over much. But when we and and part of that is even allowing yourself to let go of what you're trying to have control over. Kind of step back from I don't need to know why I didn't get this thing or I don't need to have control over this outcome. I'm in charge of how I show up. I'm in charge of where I put my energy and my focus, both before an event and after an event. So this sort of the debrief that we do when we're disappointed and we don't get um, an opportunity like you're describing. We're also in charge of what we have control over in that moment. What meaning do we want to give that experience? And where do we want to put our energy and our focus moving forward? Is this an opportunity to reflect on something you want to do differently next time? Or is this an opportunity to practice letting go of something that has done and is in the past? And owning, you did everything you wanted to do, you showed up the way you wanted to show up, and and using this as an opportunity to reinforce your powerful warrior, creative, poet, genius that you are, (laughs) or whatever it is, right? The the talented, (laughs) wonderful, whole, creative, resourceful human being that you are. And this is an opportunity to reconnect with that idea in the face of data that might lead your inner critic to want you to believe otherwise. There's, there's a lot of pieces to that. I think you can, you can see. Yeah. Well, the the thing that jumps out at me too, is we tend to fill in the gaps with a bunch of negative stuff. I'm curious, John, how do you define negative stuff in that? Well, I, my conclusion was I did something wrong. Um, this is a bad outcome. Negative, negative, negative mm-hmm. versus I should, and I did, I showed up a hundred percent on purpose. Like I went in with a certain mindset and a certain way of being. And I have like, if I were to be totally honest, I got a couple of hunches on like one or two little things that I'm like, I wonder if that didn't fit with what they were looking for, mm-hmm. but I'll never know. Mm-hmm. And now I've lost my thought. Yeah. But it'll come back. Yeah, well, if you, I can respond to some of what you Go ahead. just Go ahead. shared. Yeah. So when we are in a rejected state, right, and we're having that reaction, it's it, what's at the core of that is an emotional disappointment, right, which can feel threatening and unsafe. It may even trigger some of our um, kind of survival responses, right, that fight or flight. Um, r- regardless, there is an emo- there's a sort of intellectual response and an emotional response, right, head and heart. And when our heart gets triggered, we, our head may totally understand and be like, okay, cool. I didn't get it. I'm fine. I'm moving on. But your heart may still be catching up to that because you may have spent a lot of energy trying to get that opportunity. It might've meant a lot to you. You might've given a lot of meaning to the opportunity when you were working on it. And so it might mean a lot to you. It might take a chunk of real estate in your sort of emotional, psychological space. And your body, your heart needs time to process the disappointment, to catch up to the reality that it didn't go the way you were hoping it was going to go. And the more important that opportunity was for you, the longer it's going to take your system to kind of process and regroup from that disappointment, from the outcome. And so during that moment, it is very, very natural to be judgmental and to be hard on yourself. Because in the absence of being able to blame someone else for the way things went, (laughs) who were we naturally going to turn to, right? We're going to turn that inward. We're going to look into ourselves and say, I must have done something to screw it up. It's my fault. And But then you're going to sort of try to figure out what you did and what you didn't do and what you could have, right? And and you start finding, you're trying to find 
a reason within yourself why it didn't go the way your heart may have wanted it to go. And so it's perfectly, perfectly natural as part of that disappointment processing process, that catching up that your emotion, your your heart needs to do, to, to go quote unquote negative with it and to be judgmental of yourself and the whole thing around it. And this is where I love sort of paired with meaning and paired, there's all these coaching concepts that are sort of interwoven or interrelated, like a kind of like a spider web. And judgment is one of the things that is often woven throughout our experience, especially when we're under threat or we're disappointed. And so it's perfectly natural to go quote unquote negative and to judge yourself in that. I did something wrong. I screwed up. I'm not a good candidate. I'm not a good coach. Right. And then you, you do what we call globalizing, right? So all of a sudden it, it like, um, permeates your whole view of your whole life and your whole self, right? Why should I even coach anymore? I shouldn't go, you know, like it starts to become your identity or it starts to influence, you know, you know, impact how you view everything. And that's where we can use some good coaching moments and take a deep breath, bring some mindfulness to the table and acknowledge and observe what you are experiencing. Um, you know me, so you know I always come back to some of my two favorite questions, which is one, what am I experiencing right now or what am I feeling? And two, what does that tell me that I need? What do I need in this moment? And bringing that mindfulness and those two questions to, uh, to a moment when you're processing disappointment or rejection or an outcome that didn't go the way you were hoping it was going to go is a gift you can give yourself and it can make the processing easier. Because rather than judging, I did something wrong, I screwed up, I hate this feeling, I've got to get out of it, I've got to find an answer, we can take a deep breath, take a step back, hold ourselves with a hug, right? And say, what am I experiencing now? Okay, my body is experiencing disappointment, rejection, pain, you know, ickiness, I don't like this feeling, I'm, but here's what I'm feeling, I'm labeling it. And then what does that tell me that I need? Sometimes. In a moment like that, what we really need is a hug. We need some space. We need to curl up on our couch and be sad, be really pissed off or disappointed or whatever emotions need to come out from that experience. It's a gift we can give ourselves by, rather than judging it, getting curious about it and, and showing up with some self-love and some self-acceptance and kindness and compassion and all, and all those, those lovely words. We can, we can really practice that in relationship to ourselves and the experience that we're having. I love that you mentioned judgment because that's been, this takes us kind of in a different direction, but that's been a huge part of my own self-work like last couple of years. And as I thought about, I thought about that as I was watching your video too, when there's, to create me, well, I guess the thought I was having that I wondered if you agreed with or disagreed with was mm -hmm. when your judgment involves evaluation, Good, good, bad, mm -hmm. right, wrong. Mm -hmm. I like it. I don't like it. That's required for meaning. But if you don't have the judgment, then there can be no meaning. It, then it doesn't really have the charge. You see my... Uh, yes, I'm, I'm taking in what you said. Um, I think I disagree with the premise of that. <laughs> I love it. Tell me more. Yeah, because I don't think you need to discern whether something was good or bad or positive or negative to come to what the meaning of it is. And in fact, the more you step away from 
having to decide whether something was good or bad, positive or negative, right or wrong, the more you are in a conscious, empowered, open, non-judgmental space to consider possibilities of meaning and to frame things in some broader ways. Mm. How about that? Okay, I think that's the advanced course. That may be. Okay. That may be, right? When, <laughs> when we're... I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm tying this to another situation that I have going on, which is a a um a health situation where I was really discouraged based on kind of where I was at and what I was learning and not learning. And um I found myself in a situation where I would take this particular medicine that didn't really have any side of it had some minor side effects, but they weren't huge. But I found that the ritual of taking this medicine was taking me to all these negative places about the future. Mm-hmm. Oh, the fact that I'm having to take this medicine means that I have this thing, and the fact that I have this thing means that the rest of my life is going to be so horrible. Judgment. In other words, I'm I'm deciding this is good, this is bad. Mm-hmm. And I came to a moment of clarity, and it's even a reminder in my phone when I need to take this medicine. It's called meaninglessness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That there's no mean when I take the medicine, there is no meaning, except that medicine has entered my body. I gave myself medicine; it's now my body. That's it. Mm-hmm. It means nothing else. It's meaningless. Mm-hmm. So that's where I guess I kind of arrived. But you're, I think, yeah. what I'm hearing you say is is no grasshopper. There's there's further to go. <laughs> there, well, there, well, not that there's you know a, a grasshopper in a master situation happening here. But we're we're just talking. But but yes, but 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 also yes, there is there is more. There is further to go. There's all first off. There's always further to go, even for myself. I have plenty plenty of distance to go. Um, so here's a couple things that are coming to mind for me. Love the it. two the two situations that you've described, um, right? Not getting an opportunity that that you were hoping for, and then having to take medicine that you kind of are that you don't want to take, or that there's there's a there's a frustration or there's some strong feelings of resistance around wanting to take the medication. Those are both situations that there's resistance, there's frustration, there's disappointment. Those are going to keep us naturally when we're in that experience in a place of judgment, in a place of, you can call it negativity, um, whatever label you want to give to it, of not being our most conscious, empowered kind of open self, right? It's, it's getting you a little closer to survival mode. Um, I, I, my coach training is, is from IPEC. Um, and so we talk about the, uh, the levels of energy, right? And so when we're in a situation that feels stressful and we get triggered into a stress response, um, we're going to be using those sort of mechanisms of judgment, of self-protection, of disappointment, right? There, there's natural things that our system is going to be doing in those moments. And that's what I'm hearing in the two situations that you've described. And so naturally, there's going to be judgment and there's going to be um, kind of wanting to protect yourself and disappointment and, and feelings of sadness or anger, or disappointment, all, all those kinds of feelings and energies you're going to be experiencing in those moments. And, and what I'm hearing from you as you've come to this really cool tool that you're practicing for yourself of rather than giving this medication a meaning for yourself that there's something wrong or that it's a burden on you or whatever meaning you were previously giving giving it the future will be horrible right that it's i'll take this life. forever yep. or it means that i have a horrible situation or whatever yeah of course of course and it's so here's the first thing it's completely natural 
to think those things and to go there when you're faced with the health issues. Health issues are extremely stressful. I can speak from personal experience and also just from being a human. We know this, right? Um, when, when your health, when something is disappointing or scary uh, or upsetting and you get some health news or you've got to do something, like take a medication you don't want to take, it, it's very triggering. It's very um, upsetting um, or can be. And so what I'm hearing is, is one tool you've given to sort of care for yourself is to remove the meaning, right? To go to the absence of meaning yeah. as, as kind of a protective mechanism. So you're not like just living in this state of, of like already, like it's ruined your whole life already. Like there's no hope in the future, right? Just because of this, this medication. Well, it's creating a fake story about the future. Right, right. Which doesn't exist. We know the future isn't real. Yes. So I love that as like a beautiful first step to take, take one step out of the, the, the meaning you were giving it, right? Which may not okay. be serving you. Okay. Then uh, if you feel it, like you're able to access it, then another step or, or another person might look at this moment as you are empowered to take action, to care for your body. You are taking, you are choosing to take this medication because you are caring for your body. You are responding to a situation and you are taking a constructive step to deal with it. Right. Ooh, that, so that's know. like a different story. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Ooh. And I'm not saying that's the story you have to create about it or that like, that's, that may be what, you know, Sally May creates about, you know, the, the story or, or Jenny Joe or whoever, some, some other person, <laughs> right? That's, that's how they might come to it. You have chosen, you are noticing what you're experiencing and you're, you've chosen your response to that. The whole thing with meaning is your inner critic may want you to ha- give whatever medication one meaning. And especially when you're stressed, your inner critic is going to maybe be a dominant force in that moment. When you get rejected from a job, that's your inner critic's moment to shine and like run amok and like, like a bull in a china shop, you know, or like a kid when the parents are away, you know, on vacation, like to just trash the house, to like go crazy. Um, when we're able to sort of calm our nervous system and take a step back, practice some of that self-care, that mindfulness, you know, take action to support the experience that we're having of being upset or disappointed, we may start being able to access alternate stories in, of the experience that we're having. So when you're saying with the, med- with the medication, you're, you're framing it in a negative story, right? You're giving it negative meaning. That can also be a red flag for you that you are having a stress response. Or that you are having a, a disappointing moment. Your, your system is processing something and, you, and one of the clues you have on your dashboard of the like human system that you're running, that's called John, right? There may be a red light blinking and, and the red light blinking for you may show up as going to a negative meaning. So, and it's, but the, oh, this is so good. You know what I mean? Yes. And, but the, and the, the advanced level course here is not getting hooked in that, but using it as awareness. That's what I hear you say. Yeah. Well, so, so here's the thing. Let yourself get hooked. Notice that you're getting hooked. Oh, I don't like being hooked. Well, nobody does. It's so unproductive. Yeah. Except it's maybe what your system needs to do. <laughs> right? Really? You're advocating being hooked? Yes. I'm advocating feeling every, and I want to swear here, but I know, you know, we, we can steer away from swearing. <laughs> Feel every crappy, icky, uncomfortable, challenging feeling that your system needs to feel. The whole point of this is not to be living on cloud nine and be like 
bouncing around in like positivity land. And that's the only good way of being that's, that's, we get into the territory of like toxic positivity and that is not Mm. a healthy human natural way of being. What we can do though, is we can bring our tools and our mindfulness to whatever experience we are having, which is perfectly natural and normal and human. So when you're having that stress response to not getting the job you were hoping for or having to take medication that you really don't want to be taking is to hold yourself uh, and I'm making, you can't see it, but I'm making like, like you're scooping up water with your hands, you know, and you don't have a cup and you're trying to like drink out of a stream is holding yourself with this care, with this adult conscious care of the experience that your system is having and say, it's okay to feel disappointed. It's okay to be upset that you've got to take this medication. It doesn't have to mean you're going to ruin the rest of your life and it's going to destroy, you know, your life for the for for the future. And that's what your your scared, upset part of you may want you to think. The young part of you, right, that is just there to, to survive. That may be what it wants you to feel, but we know better. So we're going to give you space to be upset. We're going to allow you space to freak out, to be disappointed to think that it's going to ruin your life. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's really scary. You can almost think of it like an adult talking to a child. Absolutely. And, and, and in that moment, notice what is that, what are those signals telling you that your system needs? Do you need soothing? Do you need some, some support? Do you need a hug? Do you need a chance to let out your feelings of anger and go like scream in the woods or go like, you know, throw a pillow across the room or, you know, let that energy out? But if we try to fight it because we are mad that we're having that response, right? I'm not supposed to be quote unquote negative. I'm not supposed to be upset that I have to take this medication. Then you're judging the experience that you're having and you're not letting your system experience what it needs to experience so it can move on. So the trick, and and this is why I absolutely, yes, advocate for rather than judging it, screw the judgment of it. There's nothing wrong with feeling disappointed or upset. No, no. So let's totally step agree. back from it and notice the experience that you are having and hold that with curiosity instead of judgment. Oh, I'm really upset about this. Or I'm noticing that I'm feeling like this is going to ruin my life. How true is that? What does that tell What is my belief that the story that I'm trying to create around this, what does that tell me that I need right now or that I'm experiencing right now? Oh, this must mean I'm really upset about this thing. This meant a lot to me. Okay, how can I care for myself in this experience? Without judgment. I, who care, you know, it doesn't matter that I'm having this experience. I'm just I noticed that I'm having it. Mm-hmm. And what does that tell me that I need in this moment? And it's sort of when we when we step back from the judgment of positive or negative, right or wrong, should or shouldn't, all that stuff that kind of gums up the works, we can more objectively take in the data that we're that we're seeing, the data that our system is sending us and telling us you know, blinking red light, flashing dials, you know, things moving up and down. Oh, okay. Now without judgment, I can start noticing what I'm experiencing. And then that gives me information that I can then use to take action and care for myself moving forward. I've talked a lot, so I'll pause there. What do you think about that, John? Mm. I guess in my mind, I was starting to try to tie it back to some of the examples that you used in your video. And in some ways, I feel like this has gone in a different direction. Maybe this is part two of your video. It's, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's related. I, I think in the video, I talked about what, like social media, like if you post something and no one responds yeah, to it. And yeah, then also, or you 
apply for a job yeah. or something and nobody responds and then you create a bunch of meaning. So yeah. it's all, it's the same, it's the same stuff, right? All, all what each of those examples is just a, it's a stimulus. It's a trigger, right? It's a, it's a data point. You did, you, no one responded to your thing, data point. You didn't get the job you applied for, data point, right? And then what we do with that data point is where we create meaning and where we can look at how, what do we need in that moment? What are we experiencing? And how can I respond in a way that cares for myself? Yeah. And I think what I took from your video was uh, choosing, choosing a better story. But what does better mean? <laughs> uh, a story that serves you. Okay. So in, in other words, in my case with the job thing, this, the story that served me best was no story. Sure. Uh, like, like, well, was no story slash I was as John as I could have been in that interview. So if they didn't want that, well, that's good because we would have both been unhappy. Sure. Yeah. You have no Versus, idea. Versus I can't coach and... I'm no good and whatever, which I went to for like a brief moment. And then I was like, no, no, no. I got too many other data points in my life that say that that's not true. So, well, what is, I was like, well, what is true here is I know very little. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I love, uh, what I'm hearing is, is it's almost like a protective mechanism or like a defense mechanism that you've created or that you've tried on by trying to remove the meaning from that experience because the meaning you were experiencing was, as you would describe it, kind of negative or not serving you, right? So it makes sense to want to remove that. Like, let's, let's, let's take away the meaning of all of these things and just, just, it just is what it is. Yes, but I guess also I'm wanting to apply meaning that's based in truth, like truth, uh, truth, reality, and I know those are subjects. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, John, the only truth that we have is what we're experiencing. Oh, that's going <laughs> to... How about that? So, some people are not going to like that. I How love about it. that nugget? <laughs> I love it. I, it. Because that's the only... Like, you've got that data. Like, that's... You are the person... You're, you're like... You've got your VR goggles on, right? And you're like looking at the world that's being created, wrapped around you like a sphere. Like, you're in the middle of a globe and you just see the surface of the globe all around you. That's your truth, is, is what you're experiencing in the center of that globe. You don't know what is happening on the other side of the table, right? What other people are experiencing or what their truth is. Um, and so the, the, the meanings, the rules, the story, like, you know, what's true about the universe, you know, I've, some of the examples I use in my video, like, does the universe have your back? Does the universe not care about you at all? Was it meant to be? Was it not meant to be? All these kind of I don't even know what to call them, like sort of coachy sayings or even like spiritual sayings, <laughs> um, like religious sayings. And a lot of, you know, for a lot of uh -huh. people, the meaning and truth yeah. and reality comes from, you know, your religion, like what you were taught, you know, in Sunday school or whatever. Um, you're still the person who then kind of paper mache's that up on the wall around you in your reality, right? Like you're, you've got like a, a roller, like a paint roller and you're like, yep, I like that saying. I'm going to slather that up on the wall and I'm going to use that to frame what it's like to be me in my world. Right, I choose to believe that what the re the religion that I grew up in, you know, what they taught me is truth. Or I choose to believe, you know, other things. Like we we create our meaning from all of these different sources in our life: the experiences that we've had, the traumas that we've experienced, the people we admire, 
the, the, the moments of success, the moments of disappointment in our life, like helps shape who we become as adults. And as part of that, it is shaping the world that that adult lives in, in their experience. So rather than searching for some objective truth out there in the world so that you can start like measuring yourself against that as like, well, am I right or am I wrong? There is none. <laughs> There's just the truth of what you're experiencing. And to, to wrap this right back to the examples that we've used, when you get triggered by a disappointment or a rejection or something that you experience as a rejection, that is your truth. That's the only thing that you know to be true in that moment. You are experiencing disappointment. Your system is responding the way it's responding. We're never going to know what went on on the other side of the table, right? Why, you know, yep. you know, Frank, whatever their name is, you know, HR person, Sally, HR person, whatever, why they didn't choose you for that thing, you know, or, or whatever else is happening around that. So that is trying to hunt for meaning to justify the thing that happened rather than just dealing with the truth of your experience, which is wicked disappointment or being really upset or, or like just not, not wanting that data. You don't like that data point. So you're trying to fit it somewhere. What we can do is rather than looking at that as a positive or negative experience, and here's where this takes practice, because when we get triggered, we, we go into a, we go into like a survival mode, right? We go into that fight or flight instinct. Our, our, there's a physiological response. There, there's all these mechanisms that start firing in our, in our system and our human code. It makes it hard to access that sort of like tranquil Zen master, you know, uh, uh, objectivity and sort of like nothing is real and everything is an illusion, which is also true. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it's hard to access that when you're like in it, right? When you're in the weeds and you're like swimming through disappointment or, or fear or, you know, trauma, certainly like, you know, we're getting into, you know, more extreme things. Um, and so what we can do is start practicing yet caring for ourselves in those moments in using some powerful tools mindfulness, uh, you know, and all the tools around mindfulness, journaling, meditating, yoga. Yeah. What are some, what are some simple ways that people listening to this are like, okay, you guys are like coaches. Like, I'm great. You got all those tools, but like, what about someone like me? That's not done coaching or whatever. Like, what are some simple ways I can start? Yes. So under the bucket of like raising your awareness of what you're experiencing, right? This is all what we're, I feel like one of the ultimate goals of my, of my work as a coach is to try to help people raise their consciousness of what they're experiencing and the rules that they're living by so that they can feel more empowered and be more in charge of creating a life with them at the center of it, right? Where, where they aren't at the effect of their life or at the cause of it, you know, to use a phrase that I've picked up from my coaching school. Um, and so there's lots of ways of doing that. And, and one of the ways of doing that is this category or this tool of mindfulness is just starting to pay attention to what are you experiencing, noticing when you get triggered in, into a stress response, noticing what are your stories that you are living in? What, what do you believe to be true about certain people in your life or who you are in your world or the way your world has to operate. Um, and the more we can start raising our awareness and becoming more conscious around those truths, quote unquote, that we're living by, the more we can start taking a look at which of those truths or those rules or those stories or those beliefs or those meanings, whatever word you want to use for that whole, that whole bucket of stuff. Um, then you can start discerning 
And notice I'm not saying judging, I'm saying discerning which of those, <laughs> which of those things are serving you and which of those aren't serving you. And I'm not saying which of those are good or which are bad or which are positive and which are negative. I'm throwing those judgments out because all we look at, all I look at as a coach is, is that rule that you're living by serving you or not serving you? And when you can take, when you can start noticing that, then you get to decide, oh, okay, if it's not serving me, how do I want to start adjusting that? Or maybe I can start exploring where that, where that rule came from that I'm living by. Where did I learn that that was true? Who taught me that? What experience created that truth for me? And, and how can I start practicing a new truth that might serve me better, a new belief that might serve me better moving forward? So to, to actually answer your question, <laughs> um, some of the like sort of practical, tangible tools that one can use to do that is journaling, certainly, writing down. Um, what you're experiencing, starting to become more aware of what your system is experiencing top to bottom, conscious, phys- emotionally, physically, all that stuff, spiritually, notice what you're experiencing. Um, there are certainly exercises you can do, again, journaling or even talking it out with folks. What are the rules you feel you're living by? When do you tend to get stressed, triggered? Um, notice those kinds of experiences that you have. Um, anything along the lines of like meditating, yoga, connecting with your body, um, you know, being, being more sort of holistically aware of what your mind, heart, soul (laughs) is experiencing, uh, all all that stuff. Um, certainly, you know, bringing professionals on board your team, you know, whether that's a coach or a therapist or, you know, any other practitioner who is going to help you sort out the pieces of your code. Um, I like to talk in terms of like computer code because we're these like human beings running this like biomechanical machine called us, right? Uh, Aaron and John and you know whoever is listening. You have this human machine that you're running, and there's all these different departments and com- uh, components to it. So start raising your awareness of the co- the code that you're running in your system is a really powerful gift you can give yourself. And the reason why I always call out judgment when I hear it. Um, is because judgment starts getting in our way of being able to objectively um, look at our code. Because if we start judging certain chunks of our code, you know, maybe certain stress responses we have, certain things that we believe to be true, certain things we don't like about ourselves, then it becomes, we, we want to avoid it, right? It's either we, we don't like it, we fear it, whatever it may be. And so we don't want to look at it. Well, that gets in our way ultimately of being fully empowered to remove chunks of code that maybe have some bugs in them or maybe are outdated. They were part of our operating system when we were 14 and now we don't need that chunk of code anymore. We've got new ones that might serve us better. Um, so we can start kind of removing it. But if you're judging it as like, oh, I'm a bad person. I got angry at this thing or it's my fault that I felt this way. Like, let's step back from the judgment of that. Yes. Let's, 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 let's show up with some understanding and some love and say, oh, why do I respond so strongly when X, Y, Z happens to me or when my spouse or partner says this to me? I always get a knee-jerk reaction with that. I feel badly that I do that. I'm not, I'm not a good partner or whatever. Well, that isn't necessarily serving us to feel that way about ourselves. Of course, it's natural because you know we all have parts of ourselves that we're less endeared to than others or whatever. Um, but if you can take a step back from that judgment and say, oh, okay, I notice I'm in a pattern of doing this. Where did I learn that that was my response to those to that stimulus? When I get stressed, when I get a job, when I get rejected by a job, why do I always feel like I got to beat myself up for three weeks, or I feel badly about myself? Where did I learn that that was sort of the way to be in that moment? And I do it all the time. Look at all the times in my past when I keep 
responding to rejection that way, just to use the example that, that we've been using. So what if when you are in that space, one, you care for yourself in that moment and just notice what you need in that moment. Maybe you just need a week to be really disappointed and upset and what tools can you use to care for yourself? And then two, maybe when you're in a moment of able to take a deep breath and kind of take a step back, which may not be in the moment of the stress response, and we can do a little bit of mindful exploring, of, of a little following our curiosity. Oh, what? Oh, because what, maybe when I was a kid, it meant a lot to me to get these opportunities, and I was had some really major disappointments, and so I took that, I internalized them, and I took them to mean that I'm not a whatever worthy person or valid person if I don't get these opportunities. So now I have a lot of stress around those opportunities. What I'm talking in weird va- hypothetical vagaries, but I think you get, <laughs> you get what I'm what I'm getting at. I think so. In those conscious moments, we can we can sort of explore and step away from the judgment and just get curious. Where did, where did this piece of code come from in me? And what do I want to do with it now that I notice that it's there? I'll pause there. Sorry. I go on a lot. I get excited about this stuff, as you can tell. <laughs> no. Well, if someone wanted to raise their consciousness with you, where, well, I was, I'm going to ask where people can find you. But maybe before I get, well, tell you what, why don't you answer that question? <laughs> if people want to have a conversation with Aaron Graham and raise their consciousness or find some better meanings, where would they find you? How would they go about doing that? Yeah, well, uh, I have a website. Uh, if you go to www.aarongrahamcoaching.com, um, you can find a bunch of information about me and my coaching practice. Um, if you want to see uh, the video that... that uh, that you had mentioned, John. <laughs> I'll link to it. You'll yes. link to it. Yeah. But it's, but you can also go to YouTube and search Aaron Graham coaching. Um, and you'll find I've got a handful of videos there that I've been um, creating on this subject and, and on some other subjects that I think may be helpful for folks. Um, and if you want to um, drop me a, a line, cause you want to discuss this, or maybe you want to explore the possibility of coaching together, um, or a, a workshop for your company or your team or whatever it may be, I'm, I'm open to opportunities. Um, you can email me, uh, and it's Aaron at AaronGrahamCoaching.com. Awesome. Any other thoughts on this? This is, yeah, I'm going to have to think about this. You've, <laughs> this is why I wanted to talk to you about this. Cause every time we had a conversation at Capital One about something, you always blew my mind. And Aww. I always thought, man, if I didn't have a coach, I think I'd be talking to Aaron. Cause like there are just places that you go that, yeah, they always blow my mind. So well- any, any concluding thoughts? Oh, uh, well, I'll just say like, thank you for that reflection, John. I appreciate it. And I loved working with you as well. Um, it was super fun uh, when we got to, you know, collaborate and be a part of that team. Um, and I always appreciate your perspective on things. You always bring in a, a like an outstanding alternative point of view that really makes, <laughs> makes folks think about stuff. And I think that's really powerful. Um, so oh, yeah, always, you. always happy to have a discussion around it. Um, I, I have no, idea. I'm just kind of making some of this stuff up. Um, I just kind of go with my gut, um, or, you know, and my training or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love this stuff. It lights me up. And so I like getting creative about it and, and kind of exploring the, the nooks and crannies and even the dark corners that are uncomfortable for folks. Um, that, that stuff I just find really exciting. Um, because I think, in our better moments, we can really enjoy that life is is just this kind of fun game, this crazy adventure that we're all on, and and we get to discover stuff and explore things and connect with people about it and get creative about stuff. So that lights me up. So in my better moments, um, I, I like feeling that way. Um, and in those other moments uh, that don't feel so great, I try to use all of the tools that I've got to get for myself in those <laughs> moments. And I'm learning too, man. I really am. Like in even in the last few years. Um, you know, we've all been going through, oh my goodness, like so many challenging moments, I'm, I'm sure, especially, you know, in the last couple of years. Um, 
and it's 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 nuts because I can go from like you know being in a real dark corner, uh, you know, mentally of you know being being in that stress response or being in a really disappointed or or kind of triggered moment, um, and it just feels awful. It just feels lousy, and then slowly but surely we come out of it. We always do, and I'm just. I'm privileged and, and uh, blessed or whatever you want to say that like I, the, the tools that I've gotten to learn as a coach and in all the work I've done and, and just in my whole life, um, I, I just feel really um, well, what am, I, what am I trying to say? Well supplied with tools to help me navigate life um, mm-hmm. and I'm still learning as I go. So I'm making this stuff up as I go as well. And I just love leveraging that to help my clients and to help other people as well and connect with awesome folks like you and, you know, and it shows, it shows like the other thing that comes to me as you're saying this is there's something about your presence and like, yeah, I just wish I could explain to people that like, yeah. In other words, you are so able to be with whatever is there. Um, and that's amazing when you're working with someone or Yeah. I, when I think of you, I'm like, there's nothing that guy couldn't be with. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Whether I, that's true or not. But I, well, I appreciate that, yeah, John. No, yeah. that's, that's a very, again, that's very kind. I'm, I'm just going to, can we do this every week? Because I'll just have you just say, <laughs> say very kind, you know, things reflected back to me. And that helps my ego out a lot. Um, let's do this again so that I can, you know, get, get okay, my ego yeah. boost for the week. <laughs> no, it's, that's very kind well, of you. Um, do another video and maybe I'll have some more ideas or questions or... Uh... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely will. I'm, I'm taking been on a little bit of a pause this last month because, again, navigating life sometimes. You know, I'm uh-huh. not able to get in front of the camera, but um, I've, I've really appreciated your reflections and feedback on it, and even just letting me know how helpful even just this last video on the subjectivity of meaning has been to you, because you know it's just helpful to hear that, like, oh yeah, I put this thing out in the world, and it actually has an impact on at least somebody, um, yes. which feels really just lovely and, and powerful, and you know, I. I can't pretend that we can live in a vacuum and feel amazing. You know, I'm, I'm certainly as an, as an extrovert myself, you know, I, I really get energized by connecting with folks and, and having that dialogue and that discussion with folks. And so for you to reach out to me and let me know that some, some of the things that I put out there in the world have been helpful for you means a lot to me. And it kind of gives me fuel to keep that dialogue going with whatever, oh, you're welcome. with whatever next sense I want to put out into the, into the universe. So I really yeah, appreciate and it. I'm still laughing. I can't remember what it was, and then we'll wrap up. It. I mentioned the book Radical Acceptance or something, mm. and I wasn't sure if you were serious or not, but you're like, oh, dude, I couldn't even finish that book. <laughs> uh, uh, the Tara Brock book, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I was 100% serious. I even I, I even told my, my sister about it. We were talking uh, this past week about um, some psych- psychological things in our family, um, and, and, and I mentioned the the the, she had said, she mentioned radical acceptance. I said, Oh, have you read the Tara Brock book? And she said, no, no, I haven't even heard of it. And so I shared the same story. I I read like the first maybe chapter or two and I like almost threw it across the room. Like I couldn't finish it because she's so brilliant at zeroing in on our like inner experience as a vulnerable human and Mm. how, how hard we are on ourselves and how judgmental we are on ourselves. Speaking of the conversation that, that we were just having, um, that it was like, it like spoke to my soul and I was like, oh my God, I got to put this down. Like, it's, it's too, I, you know, she's just, she's just one of those authors, uh, you know, and practitioners that just some words that come out of their mouth are just straight up genius. And you're like, oh my God, it's going to take me a week just to process that one sentence. Um, so I do want to come back to it cause I know there's a lot, I'm sure there's great things in the rest of the book. Yeah. Um, well, and it really, it really helped me with this health situation mm-hmm. to really, 
because I had been taking the approach of, I just won't think about it. I'll try to put it out of my mind mm. until I have to go to the doctor. And then I go to the doctor and it was like, no, this is real. What are you going to do about this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God. And it would send me to all these places. And it was just like, oh, well, it's, I'm just making it sound so simple, but <laughs> the concept is simple. The practices can be more challenging, but it was just simply accepting that this is what is. Mm. Now, what do I want to do about it mm-hmm. or not? And we can. Versus, yeah. 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 And John, and with that, we can be so loving to ourselves during that process of coming to acceptance. It's, it's part of the, the grief cycle. Like it, it really is when, when we are confronted with something um, that isn't what we want. And in your case, certainly a health thing or something about our, you know, going from being an able-bodied to less able-bodied or healthy to maybe having a health issue that we really have to pay attention to because that's, it's, it's, you know, going to come back and, and bite us in the future or something like that. There's a real grieving process that we have yes. to go through with that. And you're not going to come to acceptance right away with it, especially if it's important to you, like you want to be healthy, you you don't want to have to take a medication. Um, and so bringing mindfulness to that experience is a caring way of noticing what parts of that cycle your system may be in, right? Denial, anger, acceptance, like all, all of that stuff. And it's a gift to give yourself space without judgment to go through that process, no matter how long it takes you, because you can't force it you can't speed it up. No. You can't hide from it or run from it. Your system at some point is going to have to go through that process. And so the, all the judgment and all the like, I don't like this story. I've got to step into a different story is just kind of gunk that gets in the way of an easeful moving through what is already a difficult experience. So beautiful. Yes. And then what, what I, as I was able to accept, okay, this is what is then I was, then it opened the doors to all kinds of other stuff. I was like, well, what else is that I can look at that I've never looked at or that I thought I'd looked at that I haven't really looked at as much as I needed to. And Mm -hmm. yes, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a, I'm hearing the journey that you're on and we're all on a journey, man. And it's, (laughs) and I support you and applaud you for it. Um, especially being able to take something you've discovered from one area of your life or one experience like this medication thing. And to be able to then say, oh, okay, well, what if I didn't have to live in this icky negative story that I've been holding on to because that's what my inner critic wants me to hold on to when I'm stressed or disappointed or going through a, a grieving process? What if instead I could step back and say, oh, it just is. This is just, this is just the fact. I want to have a healthy body. So I'm choosing to take this medication. I'm choosing mm-hmm. to acknowledge that I'm upset about it. And I'm choosing to support myself in that process without any expectation of time frame or how I'm supposed to show up on the other end of this experience or whatever. Oh, well, now what do I want to take from that experience without judgment, right? And now let me shine the flashlight in some other areas of my life. What am I experiencing in this area? What story am I living in over here? And how can I maybe use some of these new tools that I've gotten from this medication experience into this other area of my life? And that's where you are really living the experience of being you without judgment. You're just noticing and responding and caring for yourself rather than this is how I should be feeling or should be responding or want to be feeling or want to be responding. You're stepping out of story and into openness and consciousness and kind of awareness and data collection 
And that puts you in such a position of power, of growth, of possibility, of expansiveness, of self-care, like whatever, whatever, there's so many words I could throw at it because it's such a powerful way of being when we can say, I don't have to live in the story that my stressed out system wants me to continue living in. I can take a step back and notice what story I'm living in. What does that tell me? How do I want to care for myself in that moment? And how do I want to apply that to other areas of my life? And that's a gift that I'm hearing you are discovering you can give yourself, John. And I love it. And I'm here to support you in that. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. Send your questions, ideas, or a simple hello to podcast at johnpolster.com. Want to stay up to date on new episodes and receive notifications of upcoming events? Register your email address at johnpolster.com slash updates.